Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. But hey, I wanted to talk to you really quick about... uh, about being planted in church. And so I remember whenever uh, we first moved here, we were meeting a lot of people around the San Antonio area. Whenever you tell people that you work for church or that, you, that you're involved in a church or much less if you're a pastor at a church, uh, sometimes when you're a pastor and you tell them that you're a pastor at a church, it can get really awkward because people feel like they gotta justify you know, who they are and what they do and all this kind of stuff. But they always, it always seems like a common trend. If they do go to church, they wanna tell you where they go to church. And so, you know, the conversation always kind of leads to that way. And, you know, it's great. I love it. And, you know, know a lot of churches. And I remember not too long ago, Pastor Mitch and myself, Jonathan, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. Or if not, it's going to be sleepy all day. But uh, I remember not too long ago, Pastor Mitch and Brody and myself, we, uh, we, we met this couple, we were running some errands, and uh, we met this couple, and they started talking to us, and they found out we were with a church, and we were renting some stuff from them, and uh, they started talking about their, you know, uh, talking to us about church and asking questions about City Hills, and, uh, it, it, and they didn't have any clue who we were, and, you know, and I was amazed kind of by that, like, you know, we're right here, and, and uh, they live more close to where our church, uh, when we, where we first started, and and, but they didn't, have, they didn't have much clue who City Hills are, so we were talking about that, and then they eventually came up, oh, yeah, we go to church. I'm not going to tell you the name of the church, but they, 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 they go to this church. And so we started asking questions, and like Pastor Mitch said, you always want to honor, and, you know, we're, we're not the only church. We're part of the church, the global church, and so, so we wanted to honor that, and he started talking about their pastor, and they had some, some kids and some teenagers, and so Pastor Mitch said, you know, oh yeah, I know your, your student pastor, and he's such a good guy, and you can kind of see just like, just kind of their face kind of glossed over. They had no clue who this person was, and, and they didn't, as we kind of went, you started wondering, like, do you really go to that church, or is that just the church you say you go to, and you kind of just go there, Whenever you, uh, whenever you have time, and uh, do you go there kind of like a, kind of like you go to a movie? Or do you go to go there like you, like you go to a, to a game or something like that? But you know, I wanted to tell them in the conversation, and I, I couldn't tell them because I'm not their pastor, and I wouldn't want to do that to their pastor. But I wanted to tell them this, and so I'll just make it the title for today and our message today, and that is: I think you should stop going to church. I think you should stop going to church. I know, I know that's a, that's a big statement, and um, I may never preach again for making that statement, but I, I want to implore you today that you should stop going to church. You see, I don't think God's highest calling for your life was for you to just go to church. I don't think God's highest calling for you was to just go to a building, just go be a part of an event. I think God's highest calling for you was to be planted in the house of the Lord. Can I get an amen? Is that good? I think maybe instead of going to church, it's time to be planted in the house of the Lord. And so, so our scripture today that, we'll, that we're going to pull this from is, is from Psalms 92. And in, and in verse 12, 12, it says that the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like cedars of Lebanon. And we'll just pause right there real quick and, and talk about that word flourish. That word flourish isn't a, isn't a word that we use too much in our in our own uh, conversations from day to day. I don't know about you, but I, I don't use it. Uh, if you come up to me and ask me how, you're, how I'm doing, I'm probably not gonna say, blessed and flourishing. 
Like it's probably, probably not going to be me. I'm probably not going to use flourishing in my day-to-day language. But, but that, that word means, that flourishing word means to thrive. It means thriving. It means, it means spiritually growing and, and prospering and becoming blessed. I, I want us today to start to think, how can my life flourish? How can I be thriving? How can I spiritually be growing and prospering and becoming a blessing? You know, it references two trees there. It references the palm and the cedar. The cedar tree, the cedar tree is a durable tree. It's wood. It's, it's attractive. If you have a cedar chest, it's, it looks really good. Everybody's like, where'd you get that chest? That looks good. And it also puts off a good aroma. Anybody ever had a cedar piece of furniture? It just smells good. Solomon actually used cedar as, as the beams of the temple. Whenever he built the temple for the Lord, he used cedar as the beams because they're, they're durable and they last for a long time and they put off this good smell. And, and the Bible refers to us being flourishing like a cedar. And then, and then it also referred to the palm branch, that you'll be like a palm. And that, that symbolizes triumph and victory. Symbolizes triumph and victory. The Romans uh, in the Olympics, they would reward, instead of a gold medal, they would give a palm branch to the winner because it symbolized victory. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, they, they called it the triumphant entry. And, and they, everybody would wave palm branches. Have you ever seen that in an in a, in a Easter program or something like that at your church? I remember the church I grew up at, we had, a, we had this whole Easter thing called the choice. It was epic. I mean, our church became Jerusalem. A bunch of white people walking around acting like, like we were in Israel. But I remember there was always that part of the play where they, would, they had this really catchy song. I'm not going to sing it for you today. Uh, but but it, they would wave the palm branches because it was symbolizing victory. It was symbolizing victory. And so I want us to think today, how can I be victorious? How, how can I be durable? How can I last the, the, the life? How can I, how can I walk out this in my life? How can I be planted and flourishing? So it goes on, we'll, we'll keep going. In Psalm 92, it says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. And then it says, it says that the, the planted, the people that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Who are, who's gonna flourish? It's the people that are planted in the house of our God. And I love this imagery. It says, it says they will bear fruit in old age. They will, they will stay fresh and green proclaiming that the Lord is upright and he is my rock. Can I get an amen? I love that. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish, they'll thrive, they'll grow spiritually, they'll be blessed, they'll prosper in their lives. Unfortunately, that if I was gonna ask you today, how are, how are you doing? I don't think flourishing would be the word that would come out of most of our mouths. Instead, I think Instead of flourishing, you would probably say, you know, I kind of feel spiritually dry. Instead of thriving, I, I kind of, in, in, in my, I'm emotionally withering. Instead of being connected, I'm, I'm kind of relationally barren. I, I don't have a whole lot of connection to the people around me. I, I'm not feeling fulfilled. I'm searching for something that matters. I'm financially, I'm stressed. I'm kind of out to my limit. I, I feel like that's where a lot of us would be today, but I want to encourage you that there's hope. There's hope, and today we can choose to be planted and begin to flourish. So here's what we need to realize. Here's the principle I think we need to realize is if you're gonna live out this scripture, you need to realize that your life is a seed. 
Your life is a seed. There's, there's tremendous potential in seeds. There's tremendous potential in seeds. There, there's opportunity for growth, for, for multiplication. There's opportunity for a seed to thrive and grow and, and produce fruit in its life. But a seed that's unplanted has the potential to lie dormant, to be unproductive, to produce no fruit, to be barren. So there's, our life is a seed and there's tremendous potential, but if we don't plant the seed, we can lie dormant and we can produce nothing. And so we need to realize that a seed can only grow if it's planted. I know, mind-blowing, right? Mind-blowing. But a seed can only grow if it's planted. Jesus tells this story, he tells a parable in Matthew chapter 13. He tells a parable of the sower, a farmer. Uh, in that time, this would be a common analogy that, that most people would understand. But he tells the parable of a sower, and he, he talks about the sower. He goes out into the field, and he begins to throw out seed. He begins to plant seed. And as he does, some of the seed falls on a path, and it doesn't sink into the soil, and so it never takes root. And then birds come along, and, and they eat the seed, and the seed goes away. And then the, the, some of the seed, it, it, would, it would sink into the soil, but it was only shallow soil. And so the roots didn't go very deep, and it wasn't, it wasn't healthy. It, it didn't have the nutrients needed to last. And so as the sun would come, the plant would wither away and die. And then some of the seed, he said, it would, it would take root. It would go into the ground, but it, was, it wasn't good soil. It was, it, there was other plants that came up with thorns, and it choked out the seed. It began to, to choke out the seed. I don't know if you see the parallels there, but some people, they have... They have potential, but they never go anywhere. Some start to grow, but then they, they, they just kind of fade away. And then some, they start to thrive, but the worries and the stresses of life begin to choke it out. And that, that, spiritual, that spiritual high begins to fade, and they, then they kind of back up on all the things that they had stepped out in faith for, and, and they get, kind of get choked out. But then Jesus says that there was some seed that fell on good soil, there was some seed that fell on good soil and it multiplies. He says that it would multiply 30 to 60 to 100%. It would multiply. And that one seed becomes a massive blessing because it was planted in good soil. It was planted in good soil. So you see, I wanna, I wanna implore to you today that going to church isn't the same as being planted. Going to church isn't the same as being planted. Here, I'll give it to you like this. Going to church, whenever you just go to church, you wake up on Sunday morning and you decide, well, I mean, do we feel like going to church or we do not feel like going to church? You know, we got a little bit of time. I think I can get ready, but possibly, I, you, that's, that's what it is. If you're a planner, you decide, you know, well, we got a lot in the weekend. Do we need a little bit of time to re get ready? I know we got a meal prep on Sunday, and so we're gonna, get, we're gonna take some time. Do we wanna go to church? Do we have the time? We got a lot going on. We got games. We got this. We got that. Maybe we just need to take Sunday morning. We can just watch it online. Hello? <laughs> but, but if you're just going to church, church is kind of an option. But if you're planted, there's no option. Church is who we are. Church is, church is our identity. You know, growing up, I never knew there was an option on whether or not to go to church. I never, I love my mom and dad for that. I'm a product of that. But, 
I never knew there was an option of going to church. It didn't matter where I had been, what I had been doing. Uh, I, I was in a lot of extracurricular activities. I played baseball, I played basketball, I played football, I played golf. And before you thinking I'm a good athlete, I just went to a small school, okay? <laughs> but I just graduated with 136 people. You can play a lot of sports. But I also was well-rounded. I was on the speech and debate team. So you give me a little bit of a topic, give me a few minutes, I can talk your ear off about it. Because I was, I was well involved, but it didn't matter where I was, what I was doing on Saturday night, even if I was doing some stuff I shouldn't have been doing. The, the, I knew it didn't matter if I didn't even stay at home that night. I better be at home. I better be showered. And I better be in the car at 8.15 because we had a 45-minute drive to church and we're going to the 9 a.m. service. And so I knew that growing up. Like, that was instilled in me. It, it wasn't, church wasn't a destination we go to. It was an identity. It was who we are. And so I want to encourage you. There's, there's nothing too hard. There's nothing too long for us to be able to, to take on the identity that we are the church. And I'm going to be planted in church. I'm not just going to go to church. In the early church, they, they, they put a lot of importance in the name that they used for the church. They called it the ecclesia. The ecclesia meant two things. It meant the assembly, and then it meant called out. It meant the assembly, and it meant called, called out. And look, I'm not hating on if you're, if you're at church online. I know there's a lot going on in our life, and if you need to be at home for health reasons, I totally understand it, but there's something important about gathering together. There's something important about, you know, podcasts are great, and I love it because you can listen to any preacher anywhere in the world at, the, at your fingertips, right there on your phone. A lot better preachers than me. But there's something important, important about gathering together. There's something that a podcast just can't do, like being in the room with people. You know, I, I, my father-in-law, I'm trying to get some brownie points here. My father-in-law, one of the, the best character, characteristics he has that I love about him is he loves to have his family together. He loves to have his family together. Just a few weeks ago, uh, he, we hadn't been able to align our schedules. We hadn't been able to go over in quite a while. And so he just kept, he was persistent about it. He, you know, we've been talking to him on the phone. We FaceTime a little bit, but it, that's not good enough. I, I, he needs us in the room. We need to be together. And so he called us over and he grilled us some steaks. And I just want to thank you so much for that, Corey. It was so good. It was so good, and he, he loves it. He loves it. He had to tell everybody about it. It was on Facebook and everything because he loves having his family in the room. You know, so much in our lives, we can, we can disconnect from people because we feel like we're connected. We have phones. We have phone calls. We have text messages. Yes, your phone does call, um, and we have text messages, and you have FaceTime, so you, you feel like you're connected, but there's just something important about being in the room. Amen. You know, I think there's power in gathering. Dare I say, I think there's more harm that can come from not gathering than gathering. And look, I'm not trying to trivialize what we're going through in our world right now, but I want to say that there is something important about being in the room with other believers and worshiping God. Amen? Amen. I don't care if you have to put on a hazmat suit. Get to church. That's Pastor Mitch's line. The second thing that ecclesia stands for, it's, it's the called out. It's the called out. You know, we are the church and then we go into the world. It's important that we gather, but it's also important that we scatter. 
It's important that we come to the room, we encourage each other, we worship God, we encounter his presence, but it also is important that you take what you're feeling and what you're learning and how you're spiritually developing into the world. The church doesn't exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. I remember, I remember back when we started City Hills, right before we launched, uh, we, had, we had launch team meetings. We, we gathered our launch team together and, and we would kind of do some training. First off, we didn't know if half of those 30 some odd people were even saved. And so there's some of them that are still questionable, but it's, uh, you know, we think we got there. I think we got there. But in those launch team meetings, I remember when Pastor Mitch said, hey, the church doesn't exist for you. Sundays aren't for you because your leaders and leaders are self-feeders. And so I need you to, to come in, not that you're not gonna receive something on Sunday, but you need to understand there's a, this is about creating a meeting space for somebody to meet God, amen? And so we gotta realize that, that as the church, as the assembled body, it's important that we gather, but it's also important that we scatter. There's a big difference between going to a building and being plugged in to a mission. There's a big difference between just going to an event and being plugged into a mission. And I want to encourage you today, there's an opportunity that we have in front of us, not just to go to church, but to be the church. We're on a mission. Until heaven and hell are real, and until we go to heaven, we got to plunder hell and populate heaven. Amen? We're on a mission. We gather and then we scatter. Let me, let me explain it to you this way. Just, I just want to make sure you're getting it. So let me explain it to you this way. Person A, they go to church. Maybe, maybe this is you. I don't know. But person A, they go to church. They encounter God. They, they raise their hands in worship. They, they experience God's presence. They have a few tears come down. It's a really powerful moment. They, they met with God. And then they leave. And then they have an option. And then a couple weeks go by, they kind of come. When they have the chance, they come to church. They, they never get connected, though. They never, they never plug in. They never get in a small group. They never figure out how I can serve others. And, and a little bit of time goes by. They're still coming to church. They still, they still believe in God. They come when they can, you know, once a month or so. You know, we, we'll, we'll, we'll get to church. And, but as time goes on, you'll start to realize that, that there's no victory in their life, that, that joy is, not nowhere, is nowhere to be found, and, and passion and peace and purpose is, is, is vacant. Uh, their marriage kind of starts falling flat, and then they start to financially just kind of struggle, and they can't figure out why their finances aren't blessed. And then they, kinda, they become spiritually vulnerable, and any little thing, any little uh, obstacle that comes along, they kind of start to question their faith. And then person B... They come to church, they experience God's presence, they raise their hand, they make a fresh start with God, they, 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 they have in a powerful moment with God in church. And then immediately after church, they walk out those doors, they stop at the next step stand, they talk to my wife, because why wouldn't you want to do that? It's true. But anyway, um, they, they go to the next step stand. They say, how can I get involved? What small groups do you have? How can I plug in? I love what I felt, and I need to make sure that I planted and growing in it. And then weeks go by. They keep coming to church. They come to church because they are the church. And then all of a sudden, their relationships, they begin to flourish. They start making a difference. They feel fulfilled. They have a joy. Even though they shouldn't be happy, they just feel joy in their life. They get planted into the house of God and life changes for them. And I want to implore you today, there's a big difference between going to a building and being planted in the house of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. I hope you're feeling it 
But I want to let you know of a couple things before we close. What happens when you're planted? What happens when you're planted? The first thing that happens is that your roots grow deep. When you're planted in good soil, your roots grow deep. Jeremiah 17 and 8 says it like this. It says that they are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by heat and they're not worried by long months of drought. When you're planted, your roots grow deep. Anybody ever been to the Redwood National Forest? Few people? I'm not jealous at all. I saw my parents raise their hands. They didn't take me. I don't know what's up with that. (laughs) Empty nesting is doing good for them. So So, the Redwood National Tree, it's on my bucket list. We're going to go one day. But, uh, you know, I was researching about, about roots and, and how amazing the root systems are because I work for a church, and so outside of Sunday, I don't really do a whole lot of work. I'm just, you know that's, it's not true. I just, I don't want to, deb- once again, I was on debate, so I could debate you about that. But uh, it, it, the root system at the Redwood National Forest is amazing. These, these trees, they go up some, sometimes 30 stories high. Just imagine, that's crazy, 30 stories high of tree. And and they can be as wide as three stories wide. You can drive a car through these trees. These trees are massive. And what's so amazing about these trees is is that the roots, the roots, they they kind of go out lateral. And if you kind of go down beneath the soil and you look at the root system of these trees, you got one tree here that's 30 stories high and its roots go down and it shoots out sometimes 100 to 150 feet over here. And then you got another tree that's a 30 stories high and it's got to shoot out its roots and it comes back this way another 100 to 150 feet. And so what you have beneath the soil is roots that are intertwined and holding each other up. And what I want to tell you today is that, that just like these trees, we need each other to thrive. We need our roots to grow deep. We need to get deep into the soil. We need each other. Here's what's going to happen is this week, opposition will come along. Trials will happen. You will have some doubts. You will struggle. You will have to encounter crazy people. If you encounter no crazy people in your week, please come talk to me. I have a few people I would love for you to talk to. But here's the thing, if you face it alone, you're gonna be vulnerable. You're gonna leave yourself vulnerable if you face it alone. I don't think the devil minds one bit if you come to church. I don't think the devil minds one bit if you come to church. In fact, I think he's okay with you coming to church as long as you don't get planted. Because he wants you to be isolated. He wants you to be out there on your own. And because when you're isolated, you're vulnerable. We need our roots to grow deep. We need our roots to intertwine. We need to be there for each other. We need deep roots. We need to be planted, amen? So your roots grow deep. And then second, your roots produce fruit. If you're planted, your roots are gonna grow deep and then your roots are gonna produce fruits. It goes on in Jeremiah 17, verse eight. It says, with roots that reach deep into the water, such trees are not bothered by heat, or worried by long months of drought, their leaves stay green, and they are never—they are never stop producing fruit. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. When you're planted, your life produces fruit. Now, Paul would call this the fruits of the spirit. 
He said, you will have these fruits of the Spirit. If you get planted into the house of God, you will have these fruits that become coming out of your life, the love and joy and peace, kindness, goodness, and gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. You'll begin to produce fruit from your life. You'll begin to see the things happening in your life, things changing in your life. You'll have fruit coming from your life. But here's the thing. One of the greatest revelations you can have is that that fruit is not just for you. That fruit is not just for you. That fruit, your love blesses other people. Your joy spreads. Your peace is attractive. Faithfulness strengthens relationships. Faithfulness strengthens relationships. You know where the best relationships are found? You know where the best relationships are found? They're not found. They're forged over faithfulness, over years, over being committed. You, whenever you realize that, that the fruits in your life, they're not just for you, they're for others. You'll begin to have, you'll begin to have some, a feeling. You'll be able to discover the thrill of being used by God. You'll discover the thrill of being used by God. And I, it's kind of like a little bit of, it's kind of like Christian cocaine. It's a little Christian cocaine. And today I want to be your drug dealer and just say, just try a little bit. Just try a little bit. Just get a little taste of being used by God. God's got something for you. He's got a calling for you. And if you'll be faithful for it, if you'll be planted and you'll begin to see the fruits come out of your life and then use them for others, God will do something even more miraculous in your life. Let me close with this thought. Let me close with this thought. Being planted takes commitment. Being planted takes commitment. And I know that's a scary word. I know that's a scary word. Commitment is a scary word. There's a reason I was 32 when I got married. <laughs> it's just a couple of reasons. Commitment was probably one of them. And then the second, I don't think Megan was quite ready for all of this. So the Lord needed to prepare her. The Lord needed to prepare her. But there's something about being committed. There's something about going all in. You can take that and you can apply it to church. You can apply it to relationships. You can apply it to your calling. When you go all in, you decide, you know what? This, this is the direction I'm going. I know that there could be other things, but if I always wait for the what ifs, if I always wait for the right situation, I'll never be ready. Playing, being planted takes commitment. Being planted takes commitment. It's time to go all in. I remember when we started this church, I was so honored to be there the very first day, September 25th, 2016. It was crazy. I remember us standing at the windows wondering if anybody was gonna show up. That's scary. That's scary. Whenever you've told your parents, I'm going after this, I'm moving, I'm doing this. I know I don't have a job. I know it's crazy, but I'm just gonna do it. And you're waiting and you're waiting for anybody to show up. And then I remember the next week, October 2nd, we did growth track. We opened up the opportunity for, for anybody that wanted to call City Hills home who wanted to be planted into a local church to come. And it was amazing to see a corridor of an elementary school outside just full of people deciding, I wanna be planted. And we've been doing that class the first and second Sunday of every month since. And it's amazing to see the hundreds and hundreds of people that have went through that course not just to call City Hills their home, but so they could discover their purpose, so they could discover what it's like to be planted, to be able to seek out their calling and the giftings that God has put on their life. And today, I just wanna say, if you haven't, it's time. It's time. 
It's time to be planted. If you've been coming to church, I think that's great. I think your, your eternity is secured if you put your faith in Christ, but there's a higher calling. It's time, it's time to be planted. Do you really think that you can fight off all the spiritual opposition and the craziness in our world by just going to church every now and then, once a month? Do you know that the national average for church attendance in America, the committed Christian is once a month? It's once a month. I don't know how I could ever fight off the things and the stresses and the worries of my life by just going every now and then whenever I have the time. Do you really think that if you spend more on coffee than you do giving to the work of God through the local church, that you're gonna be a true disciple? I know that's hard. I know that's hard, but we gotta ask ourselves these questions. Do you really think that if you spend more time on Instagram in a day than you do serving people in a month, that you're gonna be conformed to the image of Christ? Look, I'm not telling you this for our sake. Pastor Mitch always says this, we, we love you, we don't need you. We, we've been doing pretty good without you, but I think you need it. And if it's not City Hills, you'll hear this every time you go through our growth track. If City Hills is not where God's called you, let us help you find where he has, find a good life-giving church and be planted there. Put down roots, get planted into good soil. And I wanna encourage you today, whether it is whatever church you're looking for, if you think, man, that preacher's a little loud, I'm talking about myself, not Pastor Mitch, and a little, you know, a little too much. I'd rather go to a boring church where the guy wears a robe and it's just real quiet. There's plenty of those. There's lots of those. We'll help you find one. But I just wanna encourage you today, wherever it is, get planted. We need deep roots. We need our life to produce fruit. You know, often I hear people say, you know, I tried that. I tried it. I, you know, I went, I went to a couple different small groups and I just didn't find one that fit me. You know, the people were a little weird. It was kind of odd. I didn't like it. I would say, just try another one. Be faithful. Now, if you get to three or so and you, they're all weird, that might be you. <laughs> that might be you. Maybe you're the one that's a little socially awkward. It's okay. It's okay. But, you know, it takes time for a tree to grow. It takes time for a, a tree to develop and take roots. Back in November, we, me and my wife, we took a trip to Asheville, North Carolina, went to the, the Biltmore Estates. It's beautiful, you should go. It's right on the edge of the Smoky Mountains. I would highly encourage it, but I'm not a travel agent, so I'm not produ you know, promoting that. But at, the, at, the, at this resort, at this Biltmore Estates, they have an old area where they kind of set up like where their old blacksmith and, and their stalls and their stables used to be. And in that, in that setting, they had, this, they had this massive tree stump. It, it was a tree that had been knocked over not too long prior. And in the, in the tree, amongst the rings of the tree, they had dates put in. And they would tell you exactly what happened at this point of the life of the tree. And in the tree rings, you would see some that would say, you know, at this point there was a hurricane and it demolished a lot of things. And you could see a little bit of damage in the tree at that point. And, you know, it went for years and years and years, all these natural disasters, all these things that happened in the life of this tree. And it just made me think, you know what? It took years for that tree to get to be that massive, beautiful tree that everybody came to admire. All these things happened to it. You know, one season it was good, and then the other season it had to withstand some, some, some stress. 
It had to withstand some trials. It had to withstand some things. And today I wanna tell you, just be invested, be planted, be committed to the test of time. What does it take for a seed to grow and flourish? This is the last thing and we'll close. What does it take for a seed to grow and flourish? It takes soil, it takes light, it takes water, it takes temperature, and it takes time. It takes soil, that's your heart. It takes soil, your heart, for a seed to grow. It takes light. God's word is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. It takes water. Jesus said, I am the living water. Any man that would drink from me would never thirst again. It takes temperature. That's the fire of the Holy Spirit that warms that seed within your heart. And it takes time. You know when the best time to plant a tree was? 20 years ago. 20 years ago. You know when the best time for you to be planted in church was? 20 years ago. You know when the second best time to plant a tree is? Today. Today is the second best time for you to be planted in the house of God. So all across the house, I wanna encourage you today. Let's be planted. Let's be committed to the call of God on our lives. Amen. Amen, amen. So all across the house, would you bow your head and let me pray for you. I wanna pray, I wanna pray for two groups of people today. Maybe today you're thinking, you know what? I've been going to church, but I'm ready, I'm ready to be planted. I'm ready to put down some roots. I'm ready to see God bless my life, to flourish my life. I wanna be planted and flourishing. And if that's you today, I wonder if you would be bold enough to just slip up your hand. Come on. I believe God wants to, to bless your life. I believe he wants to, to, to put a blessing on your life. So today I wanna pray with you. If that's you, if you wanna put down roots, if you wanna be planted, just raise your hand. Let me pray for you. God, today, I pray that you would move in our life. I pray that you would encourage our life. God, as we, as we commit to putting that seed in good soil, I pray, God, that you would begin to bless each and every life that's making this commitment today. I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that you would water their soul, give them a refreshing touch of your Holy Spirit. And as they commit, as they plant, God, I pray that fruit would begin to be produced in their life. I pray, God, that their, their relationships would begin to flourish, God. I believe that their, their finances would begin to prosper, God. I believe that spiritually, God, they would, be, they would be overcomers. I pray that you would move in each and every single one of them. And then the second group of people I wanna pray with today is those of you that would say, okay, I'm ready to be planted, but I don't know if I've ever taken the first step and given my life to Christ. I don't know if I've actually put my faith in him. I don't know if I've actually committed to him. I don't know if I can plant because I don't know if I've done that step so far. Or maybe, maybe you're here today and you think, you know, I was, I was planted, but I kind of walked away. I kind of did my own thing, but I'm ready today. I'm ready, I'm ready to have my roots transplanted back in that soil. I wanna make a fresh start with God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today, I wanna pray with you. So would you raise your hand? If you wanna make a fresh start with God today for the very first time or, or you wanna recommit your life, I wanna pray with you. All across the room, we're gonna say the prayer. 
together so that you don't feel alone. But just, just speak after me, lead out, go after me. Repeat after me, God, today I put my life in your hands. Today I call you the Lord of my life. I've been going my own way for so long. Today I surrender. Today I repent. And I put my faith in you. I receive what you did on the cross for me. My past is gone. And today I'm new, I'm new, I'm new. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. Come on, lift up a shout of praise all across the house. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.